Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of Pod Slam and Jamma. We're one week away from University of Houston football uh, kicking off their training camp. And today was the American Athletic Conference Media Day. We'll discuss more about expectations for quarterback Clayton Toon, the offense as a whole, the defense, a lot to discuss. You're listening to Pod Slam and Jamma presented by Clark City Control Group. After the penalty, look at the timing, has it, look at the throw and catch. Takedown, touchdown, Cougars. Drexler, oh, what a pass to Anders. A team follow. Josh Edwards, it's at Roberts. He throws it down for the Houston lead. Well, six steals in the first half. There's Blair with the steal. Picked up by Cam Jones. The offensive class so tough. And that's third game. Two possessions. Sasser tries and he hits. Tune has the receiver open. Touchdown, Herslow. They call him five slamma jam. And as always, being joined by my co-host Day on Dunlap. How you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. So let's get right into it. So like we said, uh, a lot to discuss when it comes to American Athletic Conference Day. That just means that football season is right around the corner now, under 40 days until Houston kicks off against UTSA on September 3rd. And uh, let's get right into it. And that is with quarterback Clayton Toon, who's going to be going into his fifth year uh, with the University of Houston Cougars. Obviously, he spent uh, a lot of time with the program, three years with Dana Hogerson, and he really took uh, that big leap last season, obviously, of course, we talked about um, heading into the season. There was a lot of conversations. Was he the starter? Could he be the reliable starter? Um, there was a lot of discussion following that Texas Tech game where a lot of people were ready to jump off the, the Clayton Toon train. Um, then, obviously, of course, he had to deal with the injuries uh, in the middle to early parts of the season. But then he was able to bounce back and really came on strong last season just to to end it. And he really put a lot of skeptics. Skeptics, um, he really signed with a lot of skeptics um, heading into the season. So obviously, heading into twenty twenty two, a lot of expectations are going to be put on him, not only to to follow up what he was able to do last year, but at the end of the day, seeing if he could potentially uh, put enough on film to play at the next level. Um, and Dayon, before we get into it, we're going to start off with a clip that you actually asked Dana Hogerson about Clayton Tune and what kind of what kind of that next step is for Clayton Tune heading into the season to his last year yeah it should uh should should be improved in every every area of his game you know um you know he i was very proud of how he improved last year you know i've always believed in, in clayton i think he's uh one of the best quarterbacks in in the country there's no doubt uh you know he improved uh overcame the 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 beginning of the year where you know he didn't play very good in the second half against tech and then he got hurt two games later and had to battle that injury for three or four games but the way that he finished the second half of the season, uh, tons of improvement, you know, and he's really worked hard uh, on his on his body, on his shape. Uh, he's incredibly intelligent, you know, and the, probably the biggest key is we got better pieces around him right now. We've got a more experienced offensive line, you know, got one of the most dynamic receivers uh, in the country. We've got Keyshawn Carter back, who was arguably one of our best players earlier in the year last year. <clears throat> Christian Trahan uh, and a whole bunch of receivers uh, and, and, and running backs around him that I think can make plays. So uh, he's got all the experience and he's got all the potential and looking forward to watching him play his last year. There's something about those fifth-year seniors 
uh, about production and what you get out of them. Um, you know, his college career is going to be over here in about five months. So um, he, he's really, really in a good place, and he's really excited about the upcoming year. There you have it. Once again, that was Houston head coach Dana Hogerson. So, uh, Dayon, right off the, the get-go, what, what stood out to you from Hogerson's answer to your question? What stood out to me was he talked about Clayton Toon refining his body because one thing that plagued him throughout his career was I wanna, I'm not going to say he's injury prone, but he's had injuries um, kind of year to year. And so yeah. being bigger, being stronger, I think will be a, um, an asset for him. I think it's something that he needed to do, and I, I think it, it will help him in that sense of being to stay healthy for a full season because I'm sure when scouts are – start scouting him for the next level is something that's going to be in, in question. Can we trust you to stay healthy for a full season, in which he did last year? So, I, of course, doing that back-to-back years, I think that's something that's huge. And also, another thing that stood out to me was um, the weapons around Clayton Toon. He's always had weapons, but not only that, the offensive line, along with all the skill positions that Coach Hogerson just mentioned. And so, I think – He's in a great position right now to really, really take another step and really propel himself into potentially being a, a draft pick and playing at the next level. Yeah, for sure. And you touched on it right there, um, especially what he was able to put together last season um, through for 30 touchdowns, limited to only 10 interceptions. Um, but that's kind of been the biggest question mark, like you said, going back to even the 2019 season where he's had to deal with injuries. And that's something that certainly stood out to me uh, that Hogerson said. Now, uh, one of the other things that, that when it comes to being a quarterback, it's not just um, obviously all the eyes are going to be on the quarterback and, and production is going to be expected, but there's a lot more that goes into it, especially behind the scenes when it comes to the leadership standpoint, uh, being able to essentially command uh, respect from a lot of the offensive players, really the team as a whole. Um, and before we play the next clip, really, when you when you look at a production standpoint, like I just said, he had 30 passing touchdowns a season ago. What really is there left for, for two to kind of take that next step, in your opinion? I think it is um, – couldn't even though he had, what, eight interceptions, four of those coming in one game. I think get that number down even more. I think that's one thing that he can do. Then outside of that, really just um, winning the games that they're supposed to win, in which they did that last season. So doing that again and, and really just executing at a high level, just coming in, game in, game out, being very productive, being very accurate, and being – I think he doesn't have to be – the reason UH UH wins each game being that their defense is going to be really good, I think, again. And so I think just managing the game but making the plays when he needs to make the plays and keeping those turnovers down for sure. For sure. And then one of the other key uh... – piece that you said right there uh, when it comes to his receiving core and something Dana Hogerson himself touched on um, he feels like there's a lot more weapons around Clayton Toon um, and not just when it comes to the receivers but he mentioned the offensive line they're much more experienced um, do, do you agree just in terms of what they're coming into this season that he has he has a lot more talent probably the most talent he's had during his uh, run as the Houston quarterback I can't say that he's had more talent at the skill position. I mean, that's this the most talent that he's had because there was a roster he had um, Speedy, Marquez Stevenson, and Tank Dell at the same time. So both of those mm-hmm. players are will be in the NFL. Steve, Speedy's already there. I think Tank will be there. And um, so I can't say. I will say more. This is probably the, 
the team with the most experience that he's he's had for sure. I think that's um, Coach Hogerson said that their average age starters are going to be around 22 years old, and that's big for yeah. a college football team. And so the experience, I, I think, is key. Houston has always had um, weapons at the skill position, so it hasn't been for the, the lack of weapons. I think the chemistry as well, and I think wholeheartedly the team 100% believes in him. I think it's – it's his team. You hear that per se with quarterbacks, but I, I feel from the outside looking in or what he done, the adversity that he overcame early in that season last year, the team knows it's his team. I think the school, everyone knows it's his team. And so I think it's a, he has a lot of confidence coming into this season. And I'm expecting him to play really well. You know, one of those key pieces that, that you know, and when it comes to the coming years um, that UH fans might want to keep an eye on, Matthew Golden, who yeah. Tank Dell had high praise for uh, during the media day, called him. He has the potential to be the next great Houston receiver uh, coming out of the Cougars. And that's saying a lot when you look at a lot of the history um, with some of the players that have come out of this program. Uh, now, segue a little bit, like you said, um, from the player's perspective and how Toon has kind of garnered the respect and, and really the command uh, for Houston. Here is uh, a bit of an interesting perspective because you don't necessarily always hear from a de- defensive back perspective, but Hassan Hippolyte talked a little bit about what he's seen from Toon. You're going to hear from Tank Dell as well on just how they've seen uh, Clayton Toon grow as a leader into this coming into the season. Uh, well, I guess I'll be better to answer that question because I go against Clayton Toon at practice. He's not throwing me the ball. So uh, I feel like just as far as like I seen him develop on and off the field, he's more vocal now. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's making his presence really known as far as like him being a leader and the way that he talks to the guys around him and trying to make everybody that's in the room with him better. And I see him like I drive past the school on like Thursdays at 7 o'clock at night. I see him tank other receivers' cars outside the indoor there and they're getting extra work and stuff. So I feel like as far as like being a pro, like he's growing better as far as that. Yeah, and um, like he was saying, to piggyback off what he said, he's been better as being a leader like vocally. And he's like walking around talking to the defense like more like – Usually, like last, like two years ago, last year, he was just talking to like offensive players, receivers, stuff like that. But he's talking to like Jays, Hip, linebackers, defensive line, everybody. He's just getting comfortable with everybody. So that's a good thing in quarterback. A lot more comfort level when it comes to just being a, the overall leader. And like you said, talking to not just the offensive players, but the people on defense as well. That's a big step um, from something that you're not necessarily going to see on game day from a stats book, from the stat sheet perspective. You're not going to get leadership points at the end of the games. But that's something that's another big step, um, especially when it comes to rallying the team. And and Dayon, I'm curious to get your perspective from this, but from listening um, to Tank and, and Hassan speak, it certainly seems like, at least when it comes to those two, they were really lasered in on what their goals are for this coming season. Uh, they didn't necessarily, when they would be asked, you know, uh, I think they asked Hassan Hiplight, how um, is the defense going to be able to be at the same level that they were last year? Um, when it comes, I think they were like sixth when it comes to total defense. And his answer was they're trying to be better. Um, and they talked about how they lost in the American Athletic Championship game. Um, did you get that same sense just in terms of how focused they are? I did, especially with both of them, especially Hassan Hippolyte and the way he spoke. And uh, the, the standard is high. They don't have a, a, a low standard from, from what I've heard from him. He talked about not settling being um, – 
in the top 10, number six. He's talking about being the top three, the top two, not number two. Those are his exact words. And, and I, I mean, I got to give credit to Doug Bell, but I think there is a focus on wanting to exceed what they did last year. And they talked about not being complacent with being in meaningless bowl games or the bowl <laughs> game that they're in, wanting to win the championship and getting to a high-level bowl game, in which, I mean – they're definitely focused 100% on the task at hand and getting better day by day. You heard Hassan Hippolyte during that press conference say, even myself, on a game-to-game basis, if I'm not making plays or if I'm tired or whatever the case may be, if I'm not practicing right, another player gets in and make plays, I'm going to have to own that and root for him because it's not it's for the betterment of the team, not about me. I'm not about being selfish. And so uh, I think that the culture that they're building, the chemistry that they're building, all players are really focused. Tank talked about making his his own personal goals and knowing that he's going to have more eyes and so being a, talking about getting bigger and more stronger and just being a better player. So they're definitely, definitely 100% focused, and you can tell. Yeah, I think the the quote that Hassan said is, you know, there's no guy that's better than the next guy. It's it, You can't, uh, the way you prephrased it was, you know, you can't be expect the next guy to come in and be like, oh, I'm, I'm at a level where I'm better than anyone else. They're all kind of competing for each other um, for the same positions. And that's certainly an interesting thing that caught my eye as well. Uh, before we kind of segue and focus specifically on the defense, we got to talk about Tank Dell. Obviously, we've, we've talked about it uh, really since last season into the offseason, um, what he was able to do um, in 2021. He scored 12 touchdowns, um, really put a lot of the nation on notice just what exactly in terms of talent that Tank Dell has. Um, coming into 2022, what do you think are kind of – what's the keys to watch for him as he takes that next improvement, like you said, potentially being able to see him on Sundays uh, in the near future? I think he's going to be in his natural position, which he will be if once he, once he makes it to the league as a, a slot receiver, someone can mm-hmm. get open quick and make those – um, explosive plays with the ball in his hand. So that's what I expect. Um, I expect him to get more involved in the return game, the punt return, maybe even kick return to, to, to show his explosiveness. But I expect the tank to do what he did, but I expect him to turn it up even another notch. I expect more explosive plays. So he had some explosive plays, but it didn't. he didn't punch it into the end zone. Like he would have a 30, 40-yard play where he has a catch and run but he not scored. I'm expecting him to turn those plays into touchdowns this year, his touchdown total to go up even more. I'm thinking maybe even 15 touchdowns at the least. I'm expecting a big year for Tank. I think he's special. Coach Hogerson called him elite slot receiver. I'm going to have to echo those same sentiments. From what I've seen, he played against two corners who were drafted against Cincinnati. He had over 100 yards in that game. Don't tell me that. Um, Kobe Bryant and Sauce didn't travel. You, you know that's the best receiver. Put your best on my best. And he was out there on the field with him, and he produced. And so I'm expecting big things from Tank, 100%. Yeah, the, the direct quote from Dana Hogerson. Uh, he's 160 pounds, but you can't cover him. You can't touch him. And quotes a high praise all around, especially from his head coach. And on that note, we'll segue coming right up on Pod Slam and Jamma. We'll focus more on the defense. Uh, like we mentioned early on in the segment, Hassan Hippolyte thinks that the goal for this defense is for them to be better than they were a year ago, which is saying a lot. And there's a lot of trust in Dana Hoverson in his defensive coordinator, Doug Belk. You're listening to Pod Slam and Jamma. Don't go anywhere. Continue on here. Continue. Hold on. 
three, two, one. Continuing on here on Pod Slamma Jamma, now we're going to talk defense in which it was the return of that third war defense for Houston under defensive coordinator, associate head coach Doug Belk, and high praise from Coach Hogerson on that defense and Doug Belk. He was actually asked about that defense. Let's check out what he had to say. I'm glad somebody asked a defensive question here uh, because I'm very proud of where we're at defensively. You know, Doug Belk did a great job in his first season as defensive coordinator. We got the whole defensive staff back. You know, we lost a couple of key players, you know, three guys, to the NFL, uh, four guys in the NFL, David Anini, Logan Hall, Pepe Williams, and and and, and Marcus Jones, you know, who are going to step up to, to you know, uh, to take the place of those guys. I think we've got a lot of options. You know, we've got a lot of guys back. You know, do we have any first-rounders out there? I don't know. We didn't know if Logan was going to be one, you know, last year as well. But we got a lot of numbers to choose from, a lot of transfers coming in, a lot of the JUCO guys, a lot of the – young kids that now is their time. And that was my point with uh, Cincinnati too. Uh, they lost 12 guys in the NFL, but I promise you they've been recruiting hard there for the last couple of years and they got good players behind them. So who are the ones that are going to, you know, step up and, and take those places? Uh, that's, that's why we start practice on next Thursday. And, you know, but I'm excited about where we're at defensively. You know, our staff's doing a great job. Uh, I think we've been recruiting at a high level. We got a plan um, and, and looking forward to these guys uh, continuing to play well. Once again, that was Houston head coach Dana Holgerson. And Dayon, off that clip, um, a lot of it, obviously you mentioned what they were able to do last season, but um, when you think about it, Holgerson himself mentioned it, four players, four key players that they're losing on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and it really, it's a lot of opportunity for the defense, for a lot of the players on defense across the board. Um, before we touch on any specific players, just how big is it that Houston still was able to retain Doug Belk and they have that con continuity um, heading into this season where, um, like you said, they lost a lot of their key players a, a season ago and now they're trying to see who's the next man up, uh, for lack of a better phrase. I think that was the biggest keep of all for Houston, 100%, in my opinion. I think he's the glue to that defense. Not only is he a great coach, um, from what I hear, he's a great man. He's a great mentor. He's a great mm -hmm. um, even brother, father figure to, to some of these players, in which it goes beyond football. I mean, he can relate off the field in which your players have that trust in you. They will even play even harder for you on the field, and not to mention his resume and the knowledge that he has for football, the X's and O's that he's able to do, the product that he puts out on the field. Uh, I expect his defense to be a top three defense. I expect him to do big things and and, and be the best part, the, the best unit on this team. I, I expect him to be the most consistent. And defensively, uh, like Coach Hogerson said, replacing some of the names that he mentioned. Uh, it, that's what I'm, I'm anxious to see, especially from that linebacker position. I know Donovan Mutant is still there. We heard they have high praise for, for Nunnery, and I think it's going to be a coming-out year for him. They really, really um, talked a lot about Manny Nunnery. I'm excited to see him. I expect him to be the full-time starter um, beside Donovan Mutant. And from what I'm here, they say that he can do freakish things. And the secondary, you, you lose two key players in Marcus Jones and Pepe Williams. You got your various horns and Art Green. And so um, on the back end, I want to see how they – but there's, that's Coach Doug Belks. Before he was the defensive coordinator, he was a safeties coach. So he's he's prime in coaching the secondary. So, so no worries there. It's just about what names are going to pop out and stand out and, and really make a name for themselves. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, a couple of things. Donovan Mutant, like you mentioned, he was one of the players that going back to, to what you said about Doug Belt, he had high praise uh, for his offensive coordinator a season ago. And like you said, just being able to not be a coach on the field only, but also, like you said, be a mentor. I believe the, the exact, uh, not exact phrase, but I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but he talked about how uh, for him, Doug Buck was just a, a person where he could go to um, and just go for any day problems, not necessarily um, stuff that are specific to the football field. Um, I agree. Donovan Mune is going to be one of those key pieces um, when it comes to the defense and, and Javarius Owens, like you said, um, as well, especially um, when, when it comes to Owens. Um, he was also named a, a team captain, one of the 18 captains that were announced a couple of weeks back. So there's going to be a lot more uh responsibility on his shoulders it'll be interesting to see um how they fill into those roles but also wh- who are some of the new players to step up and you know we might not necessarily be talking about now but you know come end of september come under october they've made a name for themselves that's going to be uh, a certainly interest interesting point from the standpoint like Horison said it, it's a lot of uh stuff that's wide open um when it comes to this team now obviously we heard Horison talk about the key players they they are lost when it comes to uh, Marcus Jones, uh, Pepe Williams, the list goes on uh, with the players. Hassan Hippolyte actually talked about that and, and it got a little bit uh, from his perspective. Hear what, hear what he had to say uh, when it came to those players that they lost. Um, yeah, cause, uh, with losing uh, those two guys, it is like uh, some big shoes to fill. But in our room, we keep competition. Like the way that uh, we're coached is like no guy's greater than the next guy. So it's like... If I mess up, or I do something wrong on the play. Like it's 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 a pretty good chance I'm gonna be taken out, and the next man is gonna be up. So if he performs at a higher level than me that game, then just oh well, I gotta put my feelings to the side, and we gotta do what's best for the defense. And that's that's literally our mindset. Like it's not no, oh this guy, this guy, this guy. It's like who's 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 practicing better this week? Who's who's doing what we can do to put us in the position that we want to be as a defense every each and every game. Next man out mentality and and really the the kind of quote that it caught my attention there is how he says you know if the next player comes in and, and does good you got to put your personal feelings aside and at the end of the day kind of uh, submit to the overall good for the team um, that's something you're not going to hear often I would say just from from obviously uh, Hassan's in a standpoint where he's one of the team captains which is what you want to hear but that, that's not you're, that's not something you're going to hear every day I would say you what caught your eye. Yeah, and that was the quote I was speaking to earlier, just that unselfishness, that next man up mentality, and also the depth. I mean, you got to really have trust in your teammates to know that they have the talent that you have, that when you come off the field, they're going to produce to the likes that what you would be doing or even better. And so, I mean, that's what sticks out, and that's what they want to do. Coach Hoberson talked about building depth, how Cincinnati um, has built depth. He don't expect a drop-off from them. Same thing from Houston. And he, they had a plan. They've been able to build, help get the players in and good players in to be able to switch them in and out and produce. And I think that's one thing we're going to see with the defensive line as well. I think there's going to be a ton of depth. I'm expecting um, he lost Logan Hall, David Anini off that D-line, but I expect the likes of D'Anthony Jones uh, to really step up this year. And, and other players, um, Parrish is returning. And so depth is, is, is a big thing. And then when you coach by one of the best defensive coordinators, young defensive coordinators at that, Doug Bell, I think the defense is going to be the strong suit of this team. I just I said it, and I'm going to say it again. 
Yeah, another player to to watch on that defensive line, Cedric Williams, who you know, suffered yeah. that injury early in the season yeah. and really missed a lot of uh, 2021. So I'm sure he's going to be motivated to put that injury behind him and be able to put together a full season um, of work after 2021 was kind of abrupted with the injury. Uh, coming right up on Pod Slime and Jamo, we'll transition more to the overall takeaways that we got uh, from American Athletic Conference Media Day when it comes to Houston Cougars. They are now a week, exactly one week, they start their training camp next Thursday. Once again, you're listening to Pod Slime and Jamo presented by Clark City Control. Now on Pod Slam Jamo, continuing talking football. It is football season. And Coach Hokerson talked about the experience that they have in the American Athletic Conference media day today. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Anxious to see what this team is. You know, um, you know, I think we got a good nucleus with a lot of leadership, a lot of older veteran players that have good experience and know what it takes to, to win in this great conference. And, and, uh, you know, looking forward to next Thursday to be able to get started. And obviously, of course, when we think about American Athletic Conference Media Day, the the kind of the headline when it comes to Houston at the top of the day was that they were picked um, as the preseason favorites by the media to win the American Athletic Conference. They just edged out the 2021 champion Cincinnati by one point. Cincinnati actually got more first place votes. Um, when it came to, to the preseason selections, Cincinnati had 10, Houston had 7. But overall, Houston was just barely able to beat them out, getting 243 points total. So they're favored. Um, it's really a toss-up when it comes to, obviously, of course, what Cincinnati has been able to do. Dana Hogerson said that he doesn't buy into the hype. He said if he his pick is Cincinnati to, to be American Athletic Conference champions at the end of the year. But um, just right there, a couple of things. Um, do you feel like Houston should be favored, or, or were you kind of leaning with Horace and what he said uh, it should be Cincinnati? I think it, I think it's even. I think both coaches are really honest, and Coach Fico and Coach Hogerson. I, I think it's a, it's a hand toss. I would lean more towards Houston because they have um, a commodity at quarterback who who um, played to whom we are sure of who we seen how well he can play last year. And we expect him to even take that up a notch with Cincinnati that lost Desmond Ritter to the NFL. And so there's some uncertainty at quarterback from that perspective. And I mean, the defense, I expect the defense to be just as good. I expect them to have all the skill positions, but I mean, football, it's not all about the quarterback, but the quarterback is the most important position um, on the football team because you have to have good quarterback play. And so with the uncertainty on how well that quarterback will play and who it is or, or what it will be like, I would lean more towards Houston. What about you? Yeah, I would I would agree. And I think the reason, um, one of the things that Luke Fickle, uh, the head coach for Cincinnati, actually said, um, his reasoning why Houston should be favored, it, it goes back, like you said, Dayon, um, Clayton Toon, and, and really uh, how he's entering his fifth season. He has all the experience. He was able to put together a solid 2021 season after uh, really the rough start against Texas Tech and battling injuries as well. That's going to be the key. That's the most important position, and that's why Houston is being picked as favorites. And obviously, of course, um, what Dana Hogerson said uh what he's most excited for when it comes to this 2022 season is because he's going to be bringing an experienced team. A lot of players that have been there, they had experience not only playing under Hogerson, but just being able to play um, multiple college football seasons. That, that experience is invaluable, in my opinion. That's why I agree. I think they should be a favorite now, kind of transitioning a couple of the uh, other skill positions that we not 
we didn't necessarily uh, touch on specifically, uh, but Dana Holgerson was asked about the running backs group. And obviously, of course, before he, um, he even went into detail of the, the group overall, he gave an update on Alton McGaskill, um, who he said he's been cleared to officially run now as he transitions through his rehab process. Obviously, of course, he tore his ACL um, earlier in the season during spring uh, practices. So that was a huge blow to the running back group. But obviously, of course, now with him out, a lot of the, the weight's going to go on Tejon Henry uh, to kind of be the lead back and, and everyone else kind of fall into to place and then be able to find their role. Uh, what do you expect from the running back position and any thoughts on what Dana Alverson had to say? I think he was very honest and very candid in, in his response. Um, I expect it to be a running back by committee, and I expect Hortez on Henry, like he said, to be the guy. He labeled him the guy, and they're going to put as much on his plate that he can eat. And I expect him to excel in that role because um, we're talking about experience. He talked about his experience at Texas Tech. He was the lead guy at Texas Tech before he came to Houston, shared the load last year Will Alting. So I'm expecting him to really, really he's – he's a really uh, all-purpose back. Um, he can run between the tackles. He can run on the outside. He can – on third down, he can be that back to catch out of the backfield and run routes. He can be someone you can get against linebackers. He can win that matchup. Um, probably want to be a better blocker. I'm sure that's something that he would want to add more to his game, but he's a good blocker. And so I'm expecting a, a good year from Tejon Henry, but who's going to be that second back, the other back that's going to step up? Because realistically, I mean, you're not going to expect him to be an every down back for the mm-hmm. full-time season. So that that's what I'm going to keep my eye on. And he said there's four or five guys who has the potentially, but they're going to allow it to happen organically. They're not just going to give that position up to anyone. And so that's what I'm going to keep my eye on. Who is going to step up? Who is going to be that next guy to step up behind Tejon Henry? Yeah, for sure. And I think when you think about the running guy, running backs group, like you said, uh, Henry is kind of like the lead back and then everyone else kind of falls into place. I think uh, the other player that a lot of UH fans are going to be interested in is going to be Brandon Campbell. Obviously, of course, uh, him transferring over from USC and uh, kind of coming back home. That's been um, transfer players like Hoverson mentioned during his media day is that's really where Houston has been able to find a lot of success um, over the first couple of seasons that Dana Holgerson has been here um, and we saw just last year I mean just even looking at the offensive line with Cody Russell and, and how he was able to fill a need uh, for Houston on the offensive line so transfer players have had a lot of success with Houston under Holgerson that he's going to be one uh, person in particular that he'll probably have a lot of eyeballs especially early on in the season to see uh, what's he, what he is able to do with Houston um, speaking of the offensive line another position that like he mentioned earlier Holgerson said um, they're going to be a lot more experienced heading into the season um is there anything else that stood out to you whether it be on the offensive line or, or on the defense well one thing he he, he talked about their schedule and more yeah. importantly their road schedule i mean he, mm-hmm. he didn't discredit the teams that they play at home but and taking another look at it their road schedule it is pretty it's pretty tough their toughest games are on the road at UCSA, at tech at Navy, at Memphis, at SMU, those are all tough games in which they're going to be tough. I mean, you got to keep it on a, on a week-to-week basis. We know how football on a week-to-week basis, but those road games are really tough. You know, we, we gave our predictions earlier, so, I mean, before in different episodes, so taking a second look at 
um, at that schedule and the games that they play on the road, it's not going to be easy. Yeah, for sure. And especially, um, I mean, going back, like you said, at SMU, that's been a, a place yeah. that has given them problems uh, the last couple of seasons, the last few seasons. Um, at Memphis is going to be tough, like you mentioned, playing in Annapolis against Navy. That's always a tough game just of that atmosphere. It's always one of the, the toughest atmospheres to play in when it comes to the American Athletic Conference. So uh, he did make that point. That means uh, he did a good job setting you kind of, it reminded me of what Kelvin Sampson does at the beginning yeah. of the season where, uh, you know, Seven he always goes through the schedule. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But no, I agree. I agree. Um, certainly when you look at it from a record perspective, uh, what they did in 2021, um, a lot of fans are going to say, oh, they have a, an easier schedule. Um that should make them favor to win the American Athletic Conference. But like you said, and like Overson himself said during the his availability today, um, 2021 season, that's in the past. And it's going to be a whole bunch of different teams. Um, it's going to be a week-by-week basis. So I think I really like the, the answer that he said. Um, they asked him, you know, what's kind of the goal heading into the season? He said, take it one day at a time, uh, which is the cliche answer. You hear a lot of coaches say it, but um, that's how you have to approach it. Um any other final thoughts before we wrap things up? I'm just excited that it's football season. Um, I love basketball, but football is a very exciting time, man. I, I'm really, really optimistic about this football team. I, I think they can have a repeat season of what they did a season ago, but these first two games are going to be very, very important to go in 2-0, first 1-0, then 2-0, and so – I'm excited this football season 100%. I, I, I love the sport, and I, I can't wait to kick off. For sure. And on that note, like I said, training camp uh, exactly one week away for the Houston Cougars. They start uh, officially on Thursday, next Thursday. Um, we're recording this on July 28th. So, like you said, football is right around the corner. Um, before you know it, it'll be September 3. And, you know, I mean, that's going to do it for today's episode. So if you haven't done, done so already, please be sure uh, to hit the subscribe button. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a like. And if you're listening wherever you may be on, whether that's Apple Podcasts or our Spotify, uh, please be sure to give us a rating. We appreciate the support. Uh, Dayan, I'll let you say the last or the final words. I mean, you know, it's always go Cougs. <laughs>